Praise God. Uh, Jesus himself called the church house of prayer. Amen. That's why we like to pray. And somebody prayed for us, and we pray for Costa Ricans today. And we believe that God will do something in, uh, in their country. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, Jesus said, go and preach the gospel to all nations. Amen. So it's, uh, it's his uh, command for all of us to go and preach, to go and preach, to go and share. And that's what, uh, what we're doing here, even here. We preach the gospel. We preach the good news to, uh, first of all, to ourselves. And uh, we're reminding ourselves that God saved us from, uh, from hell, from eternal disaster. And he gave us that freedom that we, we, we're using right now. And uh, as a person who, who was lost uh, badly, who was going to commit suicide 35 years ago, now I'm, I'm alive, now I'm uh, saved, and I'm happy, I'm joyful, and I'm thankful to God that he, he uh, made it possible for, for me. And I know that it because somebody preached to me, somebody brought me to church, somebody introduced me to God, and God changed my life. And we need to preach. We need to preach here. We need to preach, and especially behind these doors. We have to share the Word of God. We have to share because we are holders of that marvelous, great news that we have. Amen? And uh, that's why we encourage everyone. Um, you know, the, the church is... Uh, church is made of people, right? Made of people that has holy, uh, that has uh, or have Holy Spirit in, in them, and when Holy Spirit is uh, in connection with you, He produces something in you. When you go, when you go to your uh, prayer closet, and we and you are spending that time. It produces, Holy Spirit produces something in you. And very often, uh, He gives you revelation, right? And you're like, oh, when you're reading a Bible or when you're praying, it just something like explodes in you and you start seeing something that you never seen before. It was like, oh, wow, are you revealing it to me? And, 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 <clears throat> and you know what Bible says? When we get gather together, then uh, we all have something. That's what the Bible says, right? When we come together, we all have something to share with, with each other. God gives uh, one sort of revelation to, for, uh, uh, to Vadim and one for Dennis. And when we get together, then Dennis is sharing uh, his portion of, of the big picture that, that God is, is, uh, is showing us. And then he's sharing, he is, he is sharing, he's showing the, the another side of the picture. And, and we're all uh, hearing and it's like, wow, God is great. God is amazing. And we we encouraged, and we want to go forward, and we, we want to run, and we want to want to uh, praise Him, and and that's how lives are, are changing, and that's why we encourage to uh, for you to 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 go uh, uh, and do testimonies. If someone uh, has testimony uh, that what God uh, has done in your life, come and share. This is going to be very encouraging for, for every one of us. That's why you, you're hearing some of us come and, uh, and girls and boys come and, and share their testimonies. It's powerful. It's glorifying God's name. And, um, 
and also uh, uh, today we're going to have uh, uh, new preachers. Uh, are you ready to, to hear new preachers that never preached uh, here uh, before? So uh, we know that God is, is doing something, especially when, when they're not assigned, but when they come up to me and say, we want to preach. This is, this is what I know, and I know these people. And when people say, we want to preach, uh, we have revelation in our hearts. Uh, that's, I know for sure that God is, is going to say something to us. So I just want to introduce a uh, new preacher. Who is going to be first? Oh, David. David. Hey, hello. This is David. Amen. Yeah, he's a good, good guy. Thank you. Uh, worship was good, right? Amen? Amen. Um, many of you guys know me. I'm usually late, but today I'm not. So. Uh, um, today the... I think I'm going to name the sermon, uh, How and Why We Need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk a little bit about my class right now, because um, part of the sermon is coming from there. Uh, I've seen examples. It's a class about, um, it's, a, it's a cultural understanding class, and they teach, you know, different cultures of people and their races and, you know, how they act and what has happened throughout history. And, I mean, halfway through the course now, I know for sure that the professor is anti-Christian and she knows I'm Christian so she's kind of not directly confronting me but trying to do it sideways and it's actually kind of fun but I mean even though you know a lot of controversy in the class I take good examples I like to see how they think and how they like to twist stuff and you know and say them and one of the examples I'm going to take uh, it's a slide that was shown in class so this is the first slide uh, these are social movements back in the 1920s, the 1930s, the 1940s. And the guy, I have the next one now. Now, these are the movements recently. I was going to ask you guys, could you tell me, do you guys see the difference? Just labels, names, of organizations. Can you guys tell me? What do you guys see? What is, it, what is the difference between that one and these ones? more pictures of people from the 1920s and 1930s yeah I didn't understand that too but once we were reading about the different movements and how they work I realized something you know people become smarter throughout time they start hiding their heads hiding their leaders because you know once the leaders are gone there's no body it just scatters for example the Martin Luther King movement I think it was about two three days and thousands and thousands of people that were running and crazy and violent after his, after his assassination, they just scattered and the movement was quiet and everything was ended. And, you know, looking at Christianity, we see, you know, Jesus, three years of ministry. You know, he got killed on the cross. Yes, he resurrected, but after, three day, after 40 days, you know, he went back up to heaven. It seems like the head and the body were separated, but they were not. You know, for some reason, you know, Jesus Christ and us as a church were still connected because... You know, our leader left, but look at Christianity now. It still stands, you know, it's, it's still strong. You know, it actually grew and, you know, it confronted the world and, you know, it was built up. And then I decided to look at two other religions because there are other uh, religions that have leaders in them, you know, and for some reason the religion exists today too. For example, uh, Mormonism and uh, Islamic faith. I mean, it's actually, I already know about these religions, but I decided to go deeper in them and it's quite shocking actually how similar they are. For example, the 
the Islamic religion started off with a man named Muhammad. You know, a man in power, a man of authority. He comes up to his servants one day and says, you know, I had a vision. And I have this new religion. And then, you know, tells his servants, you know, they should believe in it. And, you know, forces them. And then, you know, tries to, you know, expand his religion. But realizes it's not easy to expand the religion. So he grabs his army, goes to tax other kingdoms, and then forces people to believe in it. And, you know, in this way, you know, the religion gets, gets passed down, you know, through this either through force or through this pride and you know in the as we can see today you know terrorists and everything and then we look at the you know the mormon religion you know also man in authority by the name of judas smith uh he also has servants you know one day joseph, joseph smith <laughs> judas smith yeah judah we know <laughs> yeah yeah he also has uh servants and you know he tells his servants i had a vision one day you know you know makes his servants believe in it this new religion, you know, changes, you know, the normal faith. But then he realizes, you know, I can't expand my religion. It's not working for some reason. So he grabs his people, you know, because the other, the other government authorities around him were against the religion. You know, the religion wouldn't grow. So he grabs his people, try, uh, goes and settles in a different land. And over, over time, you know, they have more kids. You know, the community grows. And this, this religion doesn't just gets passed down through this community, you know, and just... More kids, you know, more Mormons, you know. And then I look at Christianity, you know, we know Jesus Christ, what happened to him? He died. We, we know what happened to the, you know, the disciples that followed him. You know, they were all murdered, you know. We look at the early Christians and, you know, they too, you know, you become a Christian, it's like a suicide thing back then. Many of the Roman torture devices were made just for Christians. And we look and, you know, our seed is not worldly. You know, it's nothing, it's nothing we could pass down. To, from family to family, look at Christianity. There's, you know, it didn't seem like there's anything to gain here in the world by being a Christian. So, I would like to, you know, to come back to the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit. We are born in the Holy Spirit. It's not the world. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people that leave God, and I know a lot of people that convert to Christianity. I know that Christianity does not get passed down from, you know, gener uh, from one family line to the next. It's I've seen people, you know, who are Christians and then their kids are not. And I've seen people who are not Christian and then their kids are Christian. And this, this seed is in the spirit. It's not, it's nothing, it's nothing physical. And I would like to uh, actually bring a little story about my, my family line. A couple of little stories. Uh, first, I would like to start off with my grandfather's father. Because the reason I want to start off with him is because that was when Christianity was came into my family came into my family line and you know one day you know he was a grown-up and he you know he got some not really good friends he made some not really good friends and you know they decided to go somewhere at midnight I think it was 1 a.m. and my his mom told him you know don't go but you know he still went and he had this voice in him and you know these guys his friends not really good group of people like I think it was 18 17 of them they're you know pulling them to some you know some place and this he has this voice inside of him he says don't go your mother said don't go and he doesn't understand it you know they come to this non-trespassing territory you know and the friends are taken like oh we found some cool treasure we found some cool cave you know and you know and there's this voice in him still going on don't go don't go you know and he's like he's like guys I'm gonna go take a you know bathroom break you know so he, he goes but in reality, you know, he doesn't go take a bathroom break. He starts running, running at midnight, 2 a.m., away from the group of guys. 
because the voice has reached his heart and he couldn't he didn't understand what it was because he was still not a Christian and those guys you know they still went on to follow him they trespassed the territory they found those treasures there were mines and guns and back time back in those days it was a time of anarchy and a group of soldiers were walking by uh, you know set up and everything and they saw them they saw these guys that you know trespassed the non-territory and you know thinking they're possibly maybe uh, foreign soldiers or enemies you know they grabbed their guns and all 18 guys were shot to death that moment he didn't understand how was it that this voice you know spoke to him and how you know he survived the situation but a couple years later after a couple more situations um, he got married and you know they were having it at a church and that same day they were having it he got you know he found out about the truth about the Holy Spirit and found out that the voice that was speaking to him was the Holy Spirit that day he was baptized as well the same day he became a Christian and several years later he became a pastor and I think he was a pastor for 50 years and he saved a lot of people and then you know his kid his son which is actually my grandfather now also accepted you know the Holy Spirit you know fell in love with the Bible but he also became a co-owner of a engineering company and you know he had his life good you know it was he had so much people under him but one day his bosses came it was after communism but they were still for communism and they were like you know either you you know you go on with your faith or you know you quit you know he was thinking maybe I could still be a Christian you know stay in this you know this company you know be this boss you know co-owner but then, you know, the Holy Spirit spoke in him, you know, don't leave, you know, forget it, believe, because this is not my will for you. So he, he leaves. He gets married at a farm. He becomes a farmer from an engineer to a, a farmer and then lives his life as a farmer. There he gets introduced to a church. He also becomes a pastor. And, you know, in his lifetime, you know, he saves a lot of people through his word. And, you know, it's the biggest joy of his life. Then, you know, after his son, which is my uncle, you know, also the Holy Spirit has touched him. I mean, I think we've been here for about, most of my relatives came here for about 20 years. Yeah, I think it was about for 18 years, every two, three months, he would gather 30, 40 of our relatives to his house. And he's been doing this for 18 years straight. And we would, they would, uh, my grandpa would say a wor the word of God. Then we would have a dinner, a prayer, and then we would sing, uh, sing songs to the Lord, you know, about how thankful, thankful we are, you know, that we are here in America, we have this opportunity. And I could just see this unity, and you know, in this, in the Holy Spirit, and you know, He's able to bring a group of people, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a, a live feeling, it's not a dead feeling. And I could testify that the Holy Spirit did uh, His work in them because I myself am a fruit of their faith, and. Actually, I won't be uh, preaching this whole time. I'll you know, give it to Alex as well. So I would like to read one more verse, say one more thing, and then it will be Alex's turn. So the verse I want to read is um, John 7. Just a sec. Thirty-seven. Verse 37. John 7, verse 37. till I think it's about 38 so in the last day the great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink he that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water here as we can see the water is uh, 
you know, is brought as a, you know, an example of the Holy Spirit. And as we know, you know, food usually is also brought as an example of the, as the Word of God. And, you know, people can, you know, survive a couple of days without food. You know, what does food do? You know, it gives us strength. You know, it gives us, you know, muscle, you know, you know, so we can pick up stuff, so we could do work. But then, you know, you look at, you know, water. What does water do, you know? Water, you know, it helps the blood circulation in our body, you know, to go throughout the whole body, the whole body of, uh, body of Christ, you know. It does, you know, it helps the digestion, helps the immune system. And, you know, I sometimes, you know, I get this image in my head, you know, a big man, you know, a big man, you know, full of muscle, you know, wearing a big armor, you know, holding these big weapons, you know, decides, you know, to go to war on the third day. But the fir for the first two days, you know, he decides to not go on a fast, you know, from water not drink water for the first days first two days and then go into war on the third day and you no know, he goes in the war, uh, on the, to the war on the third day and all that muscle all that armor is not going to help him because you know he's dying he's not alive and just as the all the other religions are you know they may be uh, equipped with you know riches maybe equipped with power but they're dead you know in the spiritual world no matter how strong you are if you're not alive you can't be any enemy you know i would like to say one more thing about the Holy Spirit because the you know the Holy Spirit is who convicts us you know it's who tells us you know to wake up in the morning to read our Bibles it's who tells us we should pray more often it's who you know tells us where and when we should give our services you know to who we should you know uh, speak the word of God to what direction we should go and it what unites us as Christian as our church it's what brings relationships together together and after, you know, when Alex just preaches a sermon, I would just like if we could pray, you know, for, for more of the Holy Spirit in our church, in our hearts, and His guidings that we accept, and that we, we are obedient, you know, to His word, and that we follow Him. And, you know, don't make excuses. Alex, where are you? Oh, there you are. You know, me and David, we talked about uh, not be nervous and not telling people about this, but when you come on stage, uh, you feel like you lost your heart. So give me a second. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it was an amazing testimony. Thank you, David. Thank you for sharing about your uh, your grandfather, uncle, uh, all your relatives. It's. <clears throat> amazing to see how Holy Spirit works in us. Um, I would like to preach today about Holy Spirit and the church. How, we can, how Holy Spirit builds the church and how we can help Him with that. It's, it's written in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. If you can open up your Bibles. Chapter 4, uh, verse 29. It says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart the grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I like it more when it's, it's an English standard version. It kind of makes more sense. says uh, let no corruptive talk come out of your mouth but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear 
and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know, I was I was kind of like perplexed a little bit. How how do you put those two thoughts together about you know having people, you know, uh, either you know you know in, in, affecting affecting one another with their words, and then the next verse it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And then I remember, remember a couple weeks ago we had we had that thing. It's called retreat, youth retreat. And Dennis was talking about, I was talking about what it was before, what the Bible was before, I believe it was in uh, 12th century, right? It was it was a whole passage. It was like a book. It was not split in chapters and verses. And when you look at it this way, you see that those two verses, 29 about the words. And then the uh, verse 30 about the uh, grieving the Holy Spirit, they they are meant to be together, and it's it's interesting to see that, right? It makes you think: does does our word, do our words kind of affect the Holy Spirit? Do they do, can they grieve the Holy Spirit? And when you when you keep on thinking about that, you you start thinking about the Holy Spirit, who He is, who uh, how is He like? As a person, what, what's his nature? We we talk about the Holy Spirit as our healer, our friend, our uh, our helper, advisor, all that kind of stuff. But uh, in the Bible, it doesn't quite say that. I mean, I couldn't find in the Bible it doesn't quite say the Holy Spirit is a builder of His church. But when you look at uh, separate verses in the Bible, like different places, you see that Holy Spirit is actually. He is involved in in life of his church. That we have we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, that are given to build each other up. You know the gifts of healing, then uh, other kind of kinds of gifts, and then the Holy Spirit works with with us separately. That you know, like David said, that he he reminds us to maybe to pray for somebody else, maybe to 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 you know to come up to a person, talk to that person. The Holy Spirit is working on us separately inside right so uh, those kind of things and we can tell for sure the Holy Spirit by what he does he's a builder and I would like to I would like to have a small example out of our uh, daily life um, I'm a handyman, but I'm not a builder. So I kind of, I, I, I was thinking about like, what it feels like to be a builder. Let's say you have a big project. You have a, you know, let's say a simple project, a house, build a house. Somebody may not be simple. Well, to me, it's not simple, but to builders, to build a house, I think it's like, it's easier than to build a like skyscraper, that kind of thing. You, 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 plan, to, you, you plan to lay foundation for sure. Then you have to build walls. You have to have uh, two floors, or maybe one if you're if you don't have that much money. And then, and then you gotta hi hire people, right, to to do the job for you. Um, it's one thing to be a builder, but you depend a lot on the people, right, that that are doing the job for you. You can have you can have plumbers at the end. You you know, you have the house built up, and then the plumbers come up. They install their uh, pipes, etc., and then, and then, you know, one guy, he wasn't uh, sober enough, and then he he just drilled a hole in the pipe, and then you have uh, drywall over it, and then 
Uh, walls are painted, it's all finished, you have furniture in the house, and then you have new people coming in, and then we actually we actually had a couple of a couple of jobs like that. You just you just have random random screw in the in the pipe and you have like old drywall just going rotten. Uh, and you know you have residents coming over and then in a few weeks you see the problem. And my point is that uh, even that the Holy Spirit is builder of his church, we are we are like those people that come in and we are getting hired by Holy Spirit, maybe, maybe it's, I'm not supposed to say that, okay, but we, we are a part of his team, right, and we can, we can mess up too, so in that, I would like to go back to, to the verse that we just read, 29, let's just go over it again and think about it, it says, let no corruptive talk come out, come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. You know, I mentioned that we we have uh, the power in our words to uh, to to break something apart or to build something up. And as we were talking about church, we have the same power for towards each other. We can build somebody up, or we can break that person down by by just speaking words. You know that the words they have power. When God spoke the word, like things started to happen. Maybe like great things can happen in people's lives when we speak our words. And I, I would like to look at that word. It says, let no corruptive talk. Um, what are your ideas? Ideas? What can be corruptive uh, when we speak, when we, when we talk to each other? Can you give me like a couple hints? Anybody who is not scared like me? Gossip. Gossip. That's, a, that's a good one. Who has one more? Anger? Anger, okay. Certain jokes. Well, yeah. I, I used to have those, like, certain jokes. That I'm, I'm not good at joking. Okay. Yeah, you, you have... <laughs> we know. <laughs> Just be quiet, Josh. Okay. Uh, the, the first one, Dennis, was actually right. I'll give you A+. Plus. It's gossiping. Uh, we we can we can we can have anger issues in front of people. We can yell at each other, but I would say a more dangerous is something like behind behind our behind our backs. When somebody is talking like trash talking, if you can say that right, yeah. Uh, when somebody is just saying something bad about you in particular, I don't know. I I kind of I when I was preparing for the sermon, I I, I was never like really thinking about this word because it never happened to me because I was kind of like I wasn't hanging out with people so I don't think they had a reason to gossip about me and you see that gossip is like it's like poison in church you know the uh, atmosphere changes and you you don't know what's going on like you you don't know what's happening to people like why do they like treat you diff differently um so gossip, gossip is one of the things that that can that can separate us. Uh, one of you can gossip towards all the people, right? You can gossip about leaders. You can gossip about your friends, and then technically you you become not their friend because you gossip about them. But it's gossip is 
I would say they're like germs in our body. We gotta, we gotta get rid of them. So watch out for those people. The other thing I would like to talk about is disbelief, right? It's like belief, but disbelief, if you guys understand. Um, it's something that it is, it's the opposite of our faith, opposite of our belief. I would like to, I'd like to give you an example about Israelites. You know, remember when they came to the border of Promised Land, they had to, they had to cross the river of Jordan. But before that, they sent 12 spies. They had to, they had to ask those people. Uh, I think they were like chief, chief people in, in the tribes. They, they were sent out for 40 days, and then they came back. I, I believe it was like 600,000 just men. And then you add up kids, you, had, you add up women, uh, grand, uh, uh, grandmas, all of that. And then you add up to, uh, add up to those people, uh, you end up having about two million of people, right? Bunch of people, like, it's a lot. And then you have a little group of people, 12 people. Like, if you guys are good at math, you can calculate. I don't know how much it is. But there was like, like a little bit of people. And those people, they came up, spies, they came up and they, they're saying, two of them, I believe it was uh, Caleb and Joshua. Joshua, you were there? Okay, good job. Um, so they were positive. They're like, we can we can go fight for the land, and we can we can capture those people because God has promised us. And then the other group, they're saying that we see giants. We see we see like huge people. There there's no way we can cross that land. There's no way. Either either that God spoke to them, they still had disbelief. And can you imagine? Ten people, they affected the whole crowd. It's, it, it kind of like frightens me a little bit. Like, you can be the only person, but you can destroy, you can, you can uh, lead the church away from God by your disbelief. And usually disbelief is something that we don't keep inside. Well, somebody do, but mostly people, they, they speak it out. They, you know, they, they see like, they come, out, they come, come, come home from let's say youth service church and they say like everything is the same nothing is changing open up your eyes don't you see that god is working in people's lives and even that god is working in people's life it doesn't mean that uh, doesn't mean that things are going to happen in your life right if you don't have faith if you don't speak your faith out if you if you proclaim you know every time when we speak it's a proclamation it's it's a path for for our lives if you speak that god is not doing anything in my life then it's kind of it's like it's like having somebody trying to help you out um trying to help you out, help you out with something and then you know he maybe that person gave you some money maybe gave you some help with moving etc like a lot of stuff he can help you and then, but you still have this disbelief, like you're not sure, is he helping you or not? If I was that person, I would just leave you. <laughs> I'm serious. And I, I believe that's something that is uh, meant by, by, by that verse, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about like, what does grief mean? Is it like when you're sad? Or when you just cry a little bit? But in, um, in Safari, in Google, it says, 
give me one second. It says, it's the same thing as suffer. It's like you have, you know, what's suffering? Usually, it, it could be physical, but I believe um, suffering inside can be worse. Let's say you have a mother that lost, uh, you know, her son. That's, that's grieving, right? You know, grief is not, it's not a simple word. It's not something like, like you, you, you treat it lightly. When it says that the Holy Spirit grieves, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, you've got to take it seriously. You know, that our, the way we, we speak, it can be corruptive. It can, it can break somebody's down. And uh, I would like to also talk about positive things. You know, we, there are things that we've got to do too, right? Let's, oh man, I forgot to write something. Okay. It's in Thessalonians 5.11. It says, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you, are, just as you also are doing. There are two things, at least, what I thought of, that we can do to build each other up. The first one is to encourage. Um, it's easier to... It can help you guys if you look around. When you when you walk during the day, maybe you come to church. It's easier like pay attention to other people. Pay attention to how they look. I've learned that thing that it's you can sense you can sense when somebody's sad. You can sense by the way he looks at you, or maybe he's trying to look away, or maybe he's not talking to people. Uh, there are those people, and our mission is to encourage them to build them up because at that moment they are breaking apart and we are responsible for taking that life and try to inspire him maybe maybe that person is in the darkness come up to him and say that God is your light that even if you're lost God can make a way for you even if you feel like you're not loved you know there's the most important person loves you for sure that I know and I, I from my personal life I would say that I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be at church if somebody if maybe a few people didn't come up to me and you know encourage me to come back actually that's what happened like one of my uh, dear friends he came up to me I, 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 I was moved I moved in here maybe like the first year after I was here in America, and then that guy <clears throat> invited me to to go play soccer. We we played soccer, and then like, um, what else to do? Just go home, right? That's what we usually do after after doing something together. We just leave. Um, but that person, he kind of he he sensed that something is not is not okay with me. That like something is not okay. I don't know. Maybe you guys you you, you can see that in some people but you can see something is not okay with them but you so that guy he came up to me he's asking me a question what is what is wrong with you man uh what's happening why aren't you going to church you know i started confessing explaining that uh you know it's just it's just my life i'm not perfect i i don't deserve god uh, 
and, and he, he just started encouraging me. He, he pointed out to Psalms and he said that when you read, when you read uh, King David's uh, songs, he, a lot of times he would start with negative, something like he's, he's discouraged. Right word, right? He's discouraged. But then at the end he would he would end up on a positive note that he he would say that God is my anchor. Like even if I'm like a ship in the ocean and like it's storming me like places in life, that God is my anchor. I will hold on to to God. And that, that person he is saying that he's he said to me, No matter what happened, just come back to God. You know, that I call encouragement. And that's why I'm here, because somebody, somebody didn't pass by. Somebody came up to me. Another thing I would like to say is how we can build each other up with the truth. Ephesians 4.25, it says, Let each of us speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are the members of one another. I believe and I know that the truth is here. That the truth is in the Bible. That we can, we can build each other up by proclaiming God's word into each other's life. By saying that, you know, you see somebody complaining about you know how hard it is to follow God how hard it is to you know be a Christian maybe maybe bring up some Bible verses that if God is for you like for example if God is for you who can be against you if I was that person I would be I would be like I would be I would have my spirit built up by just those verses or or maybe like th that kind of thing that you use God's word to build people right that's how that's how God builded the earth or in the universe he spoke and I believe we can be those ambassadors that we can speak God's word it be 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 somebody that God speaks through into somebody else's life and we can build them up hallelujah uh, I would like to I'd like to you know have us stand up and Maybe, maybe you don't you don't see you don't see those moments when your when your when your words are corruptive. Maybe you're gossiping and you know that it's not right. Maybe you're just you know have disbelief all the time. I, I encourage you guys to to start proclaiming. To start proclaiming God's word in your life, start believing it. That's what I. That's what I was doing lately. I would say for the last month, I would, I, I would, I would proclaim God's word every single day. I woke up and I wrote down. I read the Bible. I write down a couple verses that kind of like catch my attention. I write them down, and then when I pray, I speak them up, and I speak them out. Let's say, God is. Uh, Jesus was on earth. He said that. I am the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice I, I would start meditating on that I would say that Jesus you are my shepherd there is no other people that I follow to there's no other people and I I don't know their voices in my life I know only your voice 
and I and I started just stirring up that that passion for God when you have the Word of God you can meditate on it and when you speak it out you can you can create things in your life create things in your life and I can testify that God is doing something in my life too and I believe I believe that God is doing something in my life can we can we have worship team come up